You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Today my guest is Dr. Peter Ibachi, a medical doctor certified in anesthesia and pain management who I brought onto the show because of his unique approach to treating patients with chronic pain. As you're going to see in this episode, he utilizes unconventional tools which are evidence-based to help his patients heal better fast. I hope you'll get from this as much as I did on how to talk to your doctor about chronic pain and different options which may help. Now here's Dr. Abachi. Finally got him on the call and I'm really excited to talk to him a little bit about how he helps people heal better fast. Welcome to the show, Dr. Abachi. Happy to have you on today. Thank you for having me. Now give our listeners a little bit of a background about how you got into this field. Well, you know, when I got into the world of pain management, I, I got into it on the anesthesia side, and, and I was doing my anesthesia residency back in the 90s. And at that time, uh, pain management was, was actually a brand new specialty. And it was pretty new that there were fellowships were being offered, and it was kind of an exciting specialty to get into. And, um, and so I, I did spent a little time doing some pain clinic work as an anesthesia resident, and it was really interesting to me. And so I wanted to kind of go further, and I applied for fellowships, and I got to do a fellowship at UCSF and started to, to get deeper into the whole world of treating pain. And what kind of got me interested in it and, and what it was really like was probably two different things. You know, I, I, it seemed really cool to be able to do these procedures and things to, to immediately change the way a person felt. Just like as an anesthesiologist, you can immediately put somebody to sleep so that they can have an operation and not feel anything. Um, and I thought doing that for people with, with complicated pain problems was, was a great career choice. But after a training and then starting to practice for a few years, I started to realize that that really wasn't where the the impact was and re- really where I was truly helping people in a long-term, more meaningful way, and that my specialty, my career choice was really much more about chronic disease management and diving a lot deeper into why a person's suffering and hurting and and all the different ways or things that are needed to actually help a person uh, recover in a, in a meaningful way and, and, you know, turn their lives around into uh, a better place. And so it took me a little while to uh, figure that out. Uh, and so what attracted me to the field and what really is great about the field is actually two completely different things. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because whenever I hear the word pain, my ears perk up and I, I get kind of excited about it. I worked in a pain management clinic for a couple of years and and so I get really excited about helping people get out of pain. That's the reason people come to me and that's uh, the result. And I find it incredibly satisfying to be able to help someone feel better and, and feel better fast if, if possible. But in practice, I find that whenever I mention the word pain management, I get the eye rolls, right? People, oh, mm-hmm. pain management, negative stigma with pain management. Well, I think it's a great point. You know, pain management doesn't have to equal pill management or medication management. It can be a lot more than, than that. Um, certainly, that's part of um, pain management, but there's so much more to it than that. And I think... Um, you know, when when we only focus on just the pharmacologic side of, of treating patients, 
we really miss out on a whole lot of other important aspects of how we can help them and how we can treat them and how we can empower them uh, to be, you know, in, in a better in a better place with whatever their complicated pain problems, their pain management issues are. And so when we just focus on the pharmacology, you know, I, we're really missing out on on ninety percent of what we can do to help help our patients. But unfortunately, there's a lot of pressure in, in medicine to get people in and out of the office quickly. Um, and the quickest way to do that is to give people a prescription and, and move on to the next person. And we're really not solving problems. And I often tell patients, you know, medications aren't what's going to get you better. You know, if you want to get better, you know, we have to dive deeper and, and, to, and to do more work. You know, being well is, is hard work, unfortunately. And, uh, and so we have to be willing to do the work. And that requires more than just filling out a prescription. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times I'll have patients who say, yeah, I took this medication and I got better. And then it came back and I had to take the medication. I got better. And this happened over and over again, but I'm not getting better this time. Now, what do I do? Um, but essentially you're saying that maybe they're not getting better. That we're just masking the symptoms and hopefully getting them functional. But most of the time, whatever's originally causing the pain is probably still there, right? I mean, I think so. I, you know, I think as a, as a physician, as a clinical person, or whether you're a physician or a physical therapist, or a psychologist, or a chiropractor, or whatever your your specialty is in in health health and medicine, you're working with people with pain problems. You know, you have to kind of ask yourself: Do you want to be just a symptom manager? You know, somebody who just chases people's symptoms around, and um, or, or do you want to be a, a healer? You know, do you want to help people find a way to heal from their injuries or, or what's causing them them to hurt? And the, the path that you take and how you um, work with a person is different depending on, you know, what kind of hat you want to wear. And, and I think that you have to kind of ask yourself, you know, why are you here? and Why are you doing your job? And what are you really trying to accomplish? You know, you have to kind of keep that in the back of your head when, when you're working with folks. So that brings us into the next topic, which is the FRP program, which you run here in the Bay Area. Tell us a little bit about what that is, what it encompasses, and essentially who would be a good candidate for this. Sure. So um, FRP stands for Functional Restoration Program, and the fancy name, but uh, it basically stands for um, a a more comprehensive, integrated program, um, meaning people come in. It's it's like a day program. Our patients come in. Uh, for several hours every day, and they have classes, um, comprehensive kind of approach, all kinds of different specialties working together. But a, a core component of that is, is the rehabilitation, the fit, the sort of return to function or physical recovery, and that's where the the sort of functional restoration name uh, comes from. But in order to help people function at a higher level physically. A lot of psychological and emotional work and healing often has to go into that. So the the program, the way we have it, has a, a lot of complementary uh, providers that that work together as a pretty tight team. So we've got besides medical doctors, uh, we've got um, a physical therapy team, a rehabilitation team that has physical therapists, physical therapy aides, trainers. We've got a, a strong psychology team that involves psychologists and MFTs and art therapists. We have a strong art therapy component to what we do. And then we have wellness instructors, um, people with backgrounds in things like yoga and tai chi and 
uh, more complementary um, approaches. Uh, we've you know brought in vocational experts and other people to sort of add that nutritionist, you know, uh, bringing a, a kind of a holistic whole person approach to um, helping people deal with really challenging, complicated um, chronic pain problems and. How we got into that whole FRP model, the the, the need for the all-day intensive um, kind of rehabilitation program had to do with what kind of referrals we were getting many years ago when we started this back in 2001. We were working with, uh, um, there was a lot of spine surgeries, a lot of complicated, extensive spine surgeries getting done in our community, and the surgeons were asking us to uh, start to take care of these patients right at, you know really immediately after the operating room they would go to the recovery room and then the next day they'd go to their uh, floor you know wherever their nursing station and, and they would ask us to start following them and then we would pick these people up into our practice and what we were finding was these patients had not only severe spine issues but a lot of complicated things wrapped around their situation there was um, often um, addiction problems. There was often uh, significant mood disorders, depression, anxiety, trauma issues. Uh, a lot of them had bad economic issues, had, had maybe been out of work for a long time, and they were hoping that these surgeries were going to help their pain go away, help their lives come back together, help them get back to work, you know, help them overcome a lot of their challenges. And unfortunately, it's not that simple. And so we were inheriting patients with all these complicated problems. And then they were having these major surgeries with all this hardware being put in and all these things being done. And then you know, all of a sudden they can hardly get out of bed, you know, and they have to go through the process of being able to walk again. And, you know, um, and so they were coming into our practice and, uh, and on heavy-duty medications many times. Um, and we really needed a, a way to help these people turn their lives around. And that's how we, we created this kind of intensive model uh, of care, and after doing that for a while and, and starting to gain some, some success with, with some of our, our patients, we, we gravitated to doing more and more of that with other kinds of cr- chronic pain problems like complex regional pain syndromes and you know other things that we were seeing, and we started getting more and more success with more and more types of complicated pain management problems, and it became a bigger part of, of what we were doing o- over time. And so you're getting, you're, these patients are usually vetted before they get to you, right? So you've got these, hopefully, patients that are being referred to you that have already tried a few things and uh, not having success with it. Is that, is that correct? It, it really is. You know, um, people, you know, sometimes we're, you know, their last chance or last hope. Not, not always. You know, sometimes patients come to us earlier, uh, but sometimes they've been through, you know, the gamut of medical treatments from surgeries and you know they've tried every medication in the book and you know they've tried other things and maybe traditional physical therapy or traditional chiropractic treatment or acupuncture you know they've been, maybe been through many things already and they're very frustrated and and worn out sometimes by the time they come to us with the medical system which which maybe hasn't really uh helped them you know change their their situation the way that they had hoped um, but sometimes we work with the patients for a while, uh, you know, in our practice. And, you know, after a while of working with them and trying different things, then we, we sort of gravitate towards the FRP program as a next step. Um, sometimes people come to us and they're not ready for that. You know, it's a big commitment to be in a, a six-hour-a-day program and 
Uh, not everybody is quite ready for that or wants to do that or, you know, they have other things that they want to try first or, um, you know, so we kind of have to figure out where the person's at in the recovery stage and try to get them, you know, engaged in something meaningful at whatever stage they're at. And then at some point, you know, if they're not progressing and they're more open to this, you know, more intensive and holistic model, then then we, we try to go there as a next step. And the first time I came across an FRP program was essentially when I was working in the pain clinic. We had patients who had been on medication for years, opioid medication for years for chronic conditions. And all of a sudden they're going through these programs and coming off the medication. I mean, it was amazing. They would just go on something like, you know, a simple NSAID occasionally with for flare-ups from, from heavy, heavy opioids to anti-inflammatory medication as needed. And they the, the tools that they learned from these programs really kind of piqued my interest and intrigued me. And what I learned was that, you know, I, I was like, why don't, why doesn't everyone go through it? It seems pretty obvious if, if these results are, are so amazing, why isn't everyone trying this program? And the answer I got was, well, most insurance doesn't cover it and and it's it does take a, a long time commitment and it's fairly fairly time intensive so what's the typical duration for your program for patients and is part of it covered and and what does it typically uh, look like as far as a, a cost of a program like that our frp program it's set up as a six hour a day five day a week program and it runs for six weeks so we've created a a curriculum around that uh, so that we cover important topics each week on the educational side. And at the same time, we tailor make the rehabilitation component to each person's particular uh, needs so that we cover important concepts and at the same time meet the, the, the needs of the specific individual because obviously everybody's got their own uh, unique situation. Um, and in, in doing that, um, what, what, what allowed us to, to provide that intensive level of care in California, where I practice, really was the California Workers' Compensation System, which has its own uh, treatment guidelines. And, and while dealing with a workers' comp system is very frustrating for patients and physicians because of the, there's just so many um, hoops you have to jump through for everything, and there's always a lot of paperwork and a lot of legal um, entanglements, but the, at the end of the day, the, the treatment guidelines are evidence-based and, and based on good, you know, clinical scientific medical evidence uh, that something is a valuable treatment for a specific problem. And evidence-based medicine very strongly supports the use of comprehensive, intensive, you know, integrated or interdisciplinary programs for, for treating patients with chronic pain. And so the evidence and the science is behind it. You know, the outcomes support it, um, but unfortunately, most payer plans don't, you know, don't offer it to patients. And because it's not offered through many insurances and Medicare and other, other programs like that, those types of programs don't exist in a lot of parts of the country, and patients don't really get access to maybe the type of treatment that might be the most helpful in their particular situation, which is really sad. Yeah, and I'm in the uh, Duke Integrative Leadership Program, and one thing we are seeing 
is these hospitals that are essentially putting together these pain programs. And like you said, they're about six weeks long and they incorporate quite a different variety of providers, but they're seeing the same results. They're seeing people get better. And through these small clinical trials that they're sending people through, seeing people who have failed different treatment for years that are actually getting better, being more functional and learning how to work through the pain and not only work through the pain, but a different way of looking at the pain, right? A a way that helps the body heal. Absolutely. I mean, I think the the golden rule question is, you know, when you go see a doctor for your problem, you know, and they recommend whatever they recommend, whether it's treatment like that or medications or surgeries or procedures, I think the, goal, the, the magic question is, well, hey, you know, if I was you or if I was your spouse or your mother or father, is that what you would recommend for, for, you know, for yourself or your family member? And if the answer is not emphatically yes, then you have to say, well, doctor, why are you recommending that to me? Why do you want me to be on those medications or do that if you wouldn't do that for yourself if you had my problem? And I think when we start to think in terms of, you know, how do we want to be taken care of, um, and, you know, what do we think is most appropriate for anybody, you know, and what's going to create the best health and wellness for our patients, that's where we start to make really meaningful decisions or recommendations, you know, for patients. Where would you say most chronic pain comes from? Well, certainly the, the biggest cause that we see, I think, in our practice, and I would imagine most people in my specialty would say the same is is spine problems, low back pain, low back injuries, lumbar spine problems, is probably um, number one on the list. And back injuries are so common in our society. It's the number one cause of disability um, in our, you know, economy. Um, And, you know, it's the biggest, probably the biggest source of uh, expense uh, that we face in uh, treating disability. And, uh, you know, whether you're working you know, doing uh, heavy work or, you know, where you're not and doing sedentary work, you run the risk of having, you know, spine problems. And so I, I definitely feel like that's the biggest sort of medical situation that we deal with. And I'm glad you brought that up because we, like you said, we're, we're dealing with people who are either doing too much or too little. And I see that in a lot of athletes that I treat, right? I, I treat people who have never worked out in their life and they have, you know, this, this, this back pain. And they said, well, I know I need to exercise more. And then I also have the other end of the spectrum where I treat these ultra athletes that have the same problems. You know, they're working out too much. And so, as you said, in the workplace, we've got people who are either doing too much or too little. And when it comes to the functional restoration program, how can you help someone when their career is not functioning, right? Sitting all day. How do you help someone like that get out of pain and actually stay out of pain? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the goal uh, of treatment, you know, there, there's many goals maybe for, for each person. And, and I think getting back to work is, is an important goal for some people, but it's not the goal for everybody. And everybody has their own, um, you know, you know, issues or, or, you know, goals that they want to accomplish for themselves. Some people, you know, one of the problems that we have is we see people with limited, sometimes, you know, doing heavy labor work with limited education, then they get injured and they can't go back to heavy physical work and they don't have the skill set to do uh, other types of work. And then they're often in a, in a big, you know, pickle. 
And I think when we don't treat spine problems well or other injuries well, we create this sort of medical disability wasteland. You know, we, we have to provide good care early on, high-quality care, and, um, you know, we, 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 you know we, need to, we need to help people to be able to, you know, function and become independent, you know, whether it's taking care of themselves or um, going back to work or whatever they need to do. And, you know, you can certainly bring in uh, vocational counseling and vocational resources into, into the medical model, the medical treatment plan, um, but it, it's often very challenging. So in your opinion, do you think it's environment is to blame or that they're not getting the right care is to blame? Well, I think, um, you know, in the United States, a lot of people get back, get back problems. And um, I think... I think that's uh, a symptom of a modernized Western society. Uh, but I think the way that we go about it is flawed. And I think the, the flawedness of how we go about it leads a lot of people down a path of becoming more of a chronic, uh, chronic pain, chronic disability uh, situation. And, and I think part of that flawed out, outlook is, you know, everybody thinks, that there's a mechanical problem and it has to get fixed and we have to have an MRI and whatever the MRI shows is what the real problem is and we have to go down that road. And the reality is, um, you know, as humans, we're a lot more complicated than that and there's many layers to the onion. And I like to tell patients, you know, I treat patients, I don't treat MRIs. You know, it's one piece of information. The, the anatomical stuff when it comes to spine problems and back pain is just one piece of a complicated puzzle. And other factors like, you know, our, what kind of mood we're in, our stress, and, you know, how often we, you know, drive in a car and how, how our body mechanics are. And there's so many different factors that impact um, a person's uh, back pain. And, and we often don't recognize all those different factors. And we go straight to the X-ray or the MRI and the anatomical issue. And then we spend all our treatment on that. And then we wonder why we don't get good results. You know, and, and that's not how we're, that's not how human beings are made. We're not machines. And that's where the problem leads. And then when people get in that system and they're not getting better, the problem becomes more and more chronic, and then they end up needing stronger medications, and they're not ever able to go back to work again, and it becomes a, a very sad situation. So where should a person start if they do start experiencing some back pain? Well, you know, I can tell you, um, I had about three and a half years ago, I had a horrific back injury, spine injury of my own. And, and, I, and I, I do go into it a bit at the end of, of my book, Conquer Your Chronic Pain. And it's a very humbling experience to be, to be that person, especially after I've been treating people with back injuries for so many years. Um, but I was, for a while, I was debilitated. I, you know, I had severe... Uh, sciatica pain, this burning, you know, excruciating pain going down my left leg. I had a lot of neurologic problems, a lot of deficits. Um, for a while, I couldn't sit in a chair. I couldn't drive a car. And I felt very fortunate that I have a job that I could continue to work, you know, and, and stand when I needed to and, and not have to do heavy lifting and not have to sit in a chair for a long time. Um, and I could continue to work, and, and a lot of people, you know, are in situations where that's not the case, and I was lucky there. But I think you have to go through a, a slow step-by-step process to try to uh, recover. I think having goals is important. Um, I remember 
I had a trip planned with my son on his spring break to go uh, hiking in Yosemite, and I, I wanted to not miss that trip, and I, I had a long ways to go functionally to get there. And so I sort of set a plan for myself of slowly but surely being able to do enough walking and climbing to get to that point where I could go on the trip. And, and so definitely goal setting and visualization. And, you know, we talk about things like resilience and tapping into, you know, how do you overcome challenges and, and, and reconnecting with those things uh, is important. It's really important not to panic um, and, uh, you know, to try to hang in there. You know, when you're in that kind of severe pain, it's very easy to say, hey, do whatever you got to do to make it go away. Um, and, um, you know, it's difficult to say, okay, I'm going to put up with this for a while because I'm going to really try to recover from this injury. It becomes uh, a lot harder when you're in those shoes. Um, and I, I know what that's, what that's like. Yeah. You, now you mentioned the book, A Life-Changing Drug-Free Approach for Relief and Recovery and Restoration, Conquer Your Chronic Pain. When I was re- I read the book and you kind of left off on that story. You didn't, you didn't essentially get to tell the rest of the story. So I'm glad you kind of built off that. And you were, it sounds like you're able to recover from the pain, right? With very, with, uh, I wouldn't say minimal effort, but minimally invasive effort. Is that correct? You know, it, it's correct. I mean, it, it, it was um, a long process, and I would say uh, it took me about a year and a half to get to a pretty good place, and, and that was with uh, a lot of rehab, you know, some acupuncture, and, um, you know, sticking with my own sort of program for myself. And, um, and not panicking as best as I could. Uh, uh, and, you know, you have to deal with uh, a lot of pain, a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of pacing around the house in the middle of the night and, um, and all of that. But um, even after getting through the lion's share of the recovery, I've definitely had some setbacks and some flare-ups, you know, that I've had to work through. Um, but you get through them, you know, and you, and you have to just remember that you're not going back to square one, that this is just a bump in the road, even though it makes you concerned or you, this fear, you know, rises very quickly that, Oh my God, I'm, I'm back. I'm going back to that bad place again when, you know, it, it may be just a significant flare up that you have to work through with all the tools that you learned in the last couple of years. And you have to, you have to use them. Uh, so I've definitely had a few, uh, and, and definitely I could tell you I had a, a, a flare-up uh, several weeks ago that lasted for about uh, four weeks, and then you get through it, um, and, and you move on and move forward, you know, with your life the best that you can. But you have to, you know, when you have spine issues for sure, you have to have like a, a program for yourself that you carry forward. Uh, as a way of always, you know, sort of taking care of your, your back to the best of your ability. And then even after you do that, things happen. You know, life happens. You can't control car accidents or, you know, lifting luggage to go go somewhere or, you know, whatever it may be. And um, you have to you have to work work through it. You know, you have to take life as it comes. I get a lot of patients and the big question on their mind is, when is it time to go to talk to the surgeon? Well, that's a great question. I think, and of course, every, every person's situation is different and, you know, we, we can only generalize so much, but, you know, I'm not anti-surgery and I, you know, we refer patients all the time for surgeries like rotator cuff repair, carpal tunnel surgery, 
um, you know, all kinds of different things, um, you know, knee surgeries. But I think when it comes to spine surgery, like, you know, lumbar spine, neck, you know, cervical spine surgeries, I, I take a very conservative uh, approach, and, and I often don't recommend spine surgery to my patients. Uh, there, there are some exceptions, but um, in general, I usually recommend that they try to address it in a, in a non-surgical manner. And I think, you know, evidence-based studies, outcome studies seem to support non-surgical uh, approaches for many kinds of spine problems. And that you can have as good or better long-term results with uh, aggressive rehabilitation as part of the plan versus uh, surgical treatment. And it's a matter of the patient being able to see the big picture and the long-term. Because once you start having surgeries on your spine, you know, it changes how you age, you know, over the years and the way things degenerate and deteriorate and the kind of scar tissue you get. And you have to deal with those issues later in life. Um, and a lot of times people don't think about that when they choose spine surgery. They just want to make the pain go away that they're having at that moment because it's, it's probably pretty excruciating. But they have to kind of think about um, what the long-term ramifications of that are. And so, you know, my, my bias, and I always tell them that's my bias, and if you ask five different doctors, you're going to get five different opinions. But mine is to usually uh, avoid going down the surgical route for the spine problems. And I would have to agree with you. I would say I'm fairly conservative as well, and personally maybe more than in the clinic. But oftentimes they'll say, well, if you were in my shoes, what would you do? And teaching patience, as you said, is a big part of what I do in the fact that there, uh, oftentimes there's fear that you're working through and that, that fear of, is it ever going to get better? Am I ever, is it going to get worse? Am I making it worse? Am I going to break? And when you're dealing with a chronic pain, you know, oftentimes people are getting very little sleep. They're not enjoying the things that they want to do anymore, and they're missing out on life. And oftentimes that, that's, that just perpetuates more, more of the problem, right? And so helping to break the cycle, no matter what it is, in, in my opinion, is just, just a way to get them to see if we can get this moving along before we go to surgery. And like you said, there's always going to be, you want to go and see your provider because there's many problems that you need to get into surgery for. But from a standpoint of your, your typical uh, musculoskeletal problems, um, in, in my opinion, it's not that there's nothing wrong with them, but it's also not the worst case scenario. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not a black and white uh, subject, and, you know, everybody's got different opinions about it, and, you know, I've, you know, I've seen a lot of people, I've been practicing for about 22 years, and I've seen a lot of people go through a lot of surgeries, and I've seen people go on a lot of different medications, and I feel like I have a good sense of what the long-term, you know, expectations are going to be for, for the choices that they make, and, you know, I, I try to give them the best advice I can, but at the end of the day, you know, the person in in with the problem has to decide what they feel, you know, is right for them and based on the information that they get. And, you know, at the end of the day, all you can do is give them your best advice and, and then they have to kind of take it and take the advice they, they get from, you know, other people or other doctors or other uh, people in their shoes and then, and then go with it. And then you got to live with it once it's done. <laughs> but I have to ask you before you go, 
because as I'm reading through your book, you're talking about the different things that you would recommend for chronic pain. And one of them is, as you mentioned earlier, is art therapy. Tell my listeners a little bit about that. I mean, are people sitting there painting pictures in a room hoping to help with their pain? And how does that help? Yeah, you know, art therapy is one of the most interesting and fascinating uh, aspects of, of, I think, what goes on in my, in my center. And it's not about it's not about being an artist, and and it's not really um, about you know art. It's really about healing and processing. And you know, we all communicate and talk and express ourselves in different ways. And there are things that go on inside of us that we struggle with that we just can't articulate very well. We can't explain. We can't put into words or we don't want to talk about sometimes, or we don't even know is in there sometimes. And there are different ways of processing that besides just verbal communication. And the, the, the process of art therapy with a, an art, you know, a trained, certified art therapist is a, is a really way of, on a very deep level, healing pain and trauma and stress and anxiety and depression and many different things. And, um, you know, I see that happen every day uh, for folks. And I, I see people engaged in, in art therapy, um, you know, after a couple of weeks, you know, I see things change for them. And then and some people we have who've been engaged in it for many years, and we see this evolution in, in their, their health and, and well-being over time. And you can see it in, in, the, in the art projects and the things that they do. Uh, so I feel very fortunate to have had uh, some great, art therapists on our team um, and, and to have it's been a part of what we've been doing since we started our FRP program uh, in 2001 and it just adds a whole other dimension to helping a person uh, heal and, and process you know pain and hurt and all kinds of uh, deep things it's great stuff <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing that. I have four boys, and I'll tell you some of, I mean, it, it, it actually is therapeutic for me to watch them create art. I think that's something that we don't do enough of. And whenever they get the chance to do something, it, it just amazes me how they are able to express and articulate through what they're doing or what they're creating. And using it in a pain management setting or a functional restoration setting, I think is brilliant. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, one of the things I, I write about in, in, in my Conquer Your Chronic Pain book is how, you know, whatever the creative process is that the person engages in, whether it's art or, or music or dance, or, uh, how the brain responds to that and the types of changes the brain goes through in the creative process and how that also can help reduce pain, uh, which is very interesting, um, but a very powerful healing tool. Well, again, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us about the program that you have here in the Bay Area and all the different intricacies. And if people want to find out more about what you have to offer, where can they find more? Yeah, well, certainly people can go to my website, uh, Peter Abachi, MD, that's A-A-B-A-C-I. We have a site uh, called painreliefrevolution.com where we put a lot of um, information for patients to learn about um, what's going on in, in pain management. And I also um, write uh, for uh, WebMD, and I have uh, my own column uh, on their site as well. Great. And I'll include links to that as well as your book, Conquer Your Chronic Pain, in the 
in the episode. And again, just uh, grateful to be able to have the opportunity to talk to you about your program today. Thank you, Dr. Pound. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com. Com.